Welcome to the Healing Dreams Project, exploring projective dream work for your health and wholeness. Hello and welcome to the Healing Dreams Project, exploring projective dream work for your health and wholeness with hosts Billy Ortiz and Dr. Royce Fitz. I'm the producer Viviana and today we are going to explore a dream of Royce's, Royce's dream. <laughs> so Royce, take it away. I'm looking forward to hearing your dream. Well, one of the beautiful things about projective dream work is this really levels the playing field for all of us. Mm -hmm. We are equal all the time. So I think it's wonderful that I get to share a dream as a dreamer and have you all work with mm -hmm. me and have the listeners respond as well, however they are going. So I'm going to jump into this uh, rather long dream. And, um, uh, uh, and and re-experience it as best as I can. I had this dream on June 9th. So in the dream, <clears throat> I'm out in what I call the wilderness area uh, uh, near where I live. Uh, and it, it's an area that's called the Wildcat Hills, uh, officially in the waking world. Um, in the dream, I, I'm wanting, I, I get up way before sunrise and I'm wanting to go out on a walk and meditate on the prairie and in the wilderness. It's very dark. I can barely see dawn starting to emerge. <clears throat> At some point, I realize as I'm walking in the wilderness that there are people out there uh, I'm aware again of how dry and arid the land is. Somebody from a distance, as I see, is trying to fly a kite. Uh, and then I happen to notice in another area that uh, there's another kite that's like hung up on one of the cattle fences. As I look at the person who's trying to fly a kite, uh, uh, this person is a male. He seems like a teenager kind of male. And he's playing with a kite with the wind, trying to get it to rise. Uh, there's something that makes me feel really good about seeing this. And uh, as I walk around a bit, I also kind of have a hesitation because suddenly I'm a little nervous that Maybe this person that's out there is dangerous, but then I correct myself in my dream thoughts and I say, I, I don't think so. At this point, I walk by a small rise uh, on the land and suddenly there's an owl that late, like leaps out from this rise and uh, it, a ground owl. Later, I call this a great horned owl. And I realize this owl lives in a hole in the side of this overhang. Uh, I'm startled and I startle the owl. Uh, it's trying to distract me from knowing that this 
owl has young owls, baby owls, in the big hole. I know I, I, I say distract because it's doing like some birds do. It just hops a little bit in front of me to try to have me focus attention on it so it can hop away more and hoping that I would follow it. Again, I'm aware of how dark it is. I want to be careful not to harm the baby owls. And now suddenly there's this beautiful golden retriever that just appears and uh, and and is is kind of like playful with me and uh, it just appeared. I realized that this golden retriever is uh, must belong to the family that's over this hill that's trying to fly kites. I'm trying to uh, keep the beautiful dog away from knowing that there are baby owls in the hole. Uh, and with the commotion of the dog and the other people, uh, uh, and the one teenager that I saw flying the kite, uh, they all come over and I realize, oh, they're a friendly family. And so at some point, though, I start wondering, well, out here in the wilderness, are they like super conservative? Are they Trumpers? <laughs> and But I think, no, they seem so nice. And then as we start visiting, I feel like, they're more allies. The boy who is flying the kite seems to know who I am. And uh, he starts making jokes about the soles of my running shoes and the human soul. In fact, I think I must have told him that I sometimes come out here in the wilderness and I love to run the trails. He's a little befuddled by all of that to run cross country like this. But, and that's when he makes the joke about running shoe souls and human souls. I tell them about this great horned owl and how we need to protect the babies. And so I show them the hole that the hole that the owl leaped out of. And we look inside and you can see the baby owls and they're so cute and fluffy and the big eyes. And I also notice at the other end of the hole where the owls are, uh, there's light. And then I see this large, large, fat rattlesnake stretched out in the hole. And it's like, oh no, the baby owls are living with the rattlesnake. And then I wondered, maybe the mama owl made a deal with the rattlesnake to not harm its babies if she agrees or he agrees to allow the rattlesnake to eat one of the babies every once in a while. Mm. Um, and, and, and so I'm, I feel like I'm trying to wake up in this dream. I'm trying to figure out how to kill the snake and protect the owls. That's when I feel like I wake up at the end of the dream. Wow, beautiful dream, thank you. Would you have a title if if you titled the dream? What would it be? I always coach people to title their dreams, and I rarely do. Um, I would say uh, that it would be uh, 
protecting the baby owls. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and is there any um, association you have with flying kites? Is that something you did, you do, or you did when you were younger? Or? When we were, when my siblings and I were a lot younger, uh, every spring, you know, we would buy a 15 cent kite and <laughs> fly it until it crashed, which would be within five minutes. Uh, but no, uh, not, not a whole lot. Because mm. that's what kind of gets my attention as the guy, as the dreamer, the, the, the young boy with the, with the kite is, is what sort of leads into the next se uh, segment of the action. And I'm struck by how dark it is in my version of the dream, that there's just this constant mention about it's dark, it's really dark. But then, but then I mentioned that when I see the the rattlesnake in in the nest of the, with the baby owls, um, that there's some light that comes from there. Is the light emanating from the hole, or or is mm -hmm. it becoming dawn at that point? No, uh, it's not becoming dawn. It's it's uh, a light that's way at the other end of the hole, and I don't know where it comes from but it's quite bright and I don't know if it's coming from down or it's just is contained in the, in the background. But is it like a, you say it's a, um, it wasn't a tree, what I've, an overhang. No, right. It's so uh, we do have ground owls out here and, you know, once in a while you can find them. Uh -huh. uh, and, uh, but they're usually in a hole in uh, sometimes in an overhang of 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 a, a small rise, uh, yeah. I I haven't seen any in the waking world in many many years. Yeah, but but as <laughs> but when I was younger, I saw them more frequently. Or mm, well, I, I I wouldn't say more frequently. They're very hard to find, so yeah. you know they're very good at hiding. I, you know, just thinking out loud here, I, my memory is that prairie dog holes sometimes become a home for baby owls. Oh, okay. I, you know, I don't know that for sure, but, uh, but this was not like on the flat ground. This was okay. like, a, you know, a rise of a, of a hill, kind of a small cliff that, be, uh -huh. you know, shoulder head high to me. So I'm kind of walking around it. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> And that's when this large parent owl, male or female, I don't know, <laughs> leap, leaps out in front of me. And I, I'm startled. Yeah. Because he doesn't, they don't want me to get to the baby. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if owls do that in the waking world, but I do know some birds like meadowlarks, killdeer, et cetera, on the prairie. They'll yeah. hop in front of me, you know, to keep me away from their nest. Oh, I just saw the California quail doing exactly that this weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, if I may ask, what do owls mean to me as the dreamer? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I experience owls as... Um, uh they're they're intriguing to me because i don't see them except you know in the darkness or in the early early morning and they're they have such a magnificent wing spread uh 
And uh, I sometimes when I'm out running, I'll see them going from tree to tree. Uh, what they mean to me is um, uh, I, I have warm feelings about them, of that sense of intrigue. I know in some, some cultures and you know, they're viewed as bad omens and other cultures, they're viewed as good omens. For me, I think I would embrace them as a, as a good sign, a good omen. Um, in, in the Winnie the Pooh books, you know, I, I get a kick out of the owl there and the conversations that happen. Um, May I ask mm -hmm. about golden retrievers? Yeah, um, uh, they're a very friendly, uh, engaging, outgoing, warm animal. Um, I had uh, some neighbors uh, next door to me when I lived out in this ridge called the Wildcats, and uh, they had a golden retriever, and we were we were really good friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he and I would go running together, and. He would misbehave because I let him, and he loved that. <laughs> his his owners would tease me, like he never does that with anybody else but you, Royce. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, very loving animals. And <clears throat> as the dreamer, what is a young boy mean to me? Yeah. And also the family and the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I read the dream a little bit ago, I did, I had some kind of, uh, 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 uh some tearing up. I noticed, uh, as I saw this boy and it happens when I, I, I read this dream twice, uh, and, and the first time it was when I saw the young man, the second time was uh, when the family was around and they were, we were kind of looking at the kites and stuff. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, I, I, in, in my sense of myself, it, I'm wondering, is that me? Is that a, a, obviously it's a part of who I am. It's my dream. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever flown a kite as a teenager um, but I do feel kind of warm about this person. And then when he teases me about my running shoes and the human souls, it's like, well, that's, that's kind of a cool, fun tease, somebody who knows me. And in the dream, I realized, I don't think I knew him, but I think he knew me. Yeah, isn't that great? And, and as you know, as we work with dreams frequently, the, that pun of the soul, S-O-L-E and S-O-U-L is, is something that frequently comes up in dream work. So it's almost mm -hmm. like a, a tease from this dream character in my version of it to mm -hmm. get me get me sort of semi-lucid in a way, because it's like, oh, remember ooh, that ooh. joke? About, yeah, yeah, remember that, yeah, remember that yeah. tie with dream work about soul and souls? And he thinks it's all so funny. So he's trying to, it's a part of me that's trying to get me to engage more directly with the dream, if it were my, if it were my. Oh, wow. I got a, I got some goosey bumps on that. 
Yeah, at that part of the dream, I also felt my friend Royce would be all about this this statement, and it's it was lovely to see it being channeled and manifested in the character of the the young boy. So okay. it is a young boy who who knows me, mm. even if I don't really know him. I don't know where he came from, but he definitely knows me. <laughs> that touches me and kind of reinforces why I uh, kind of teared up as I had that memory reflection that this young man knows me and knows my humor mm. uh, and yeah and knows how important this is to me because I'm out in the wall I'm out, I, I go to the wilderness to meditate uh, and that makes sense. I have one final question. Uh, if you could just, uh, as the dreamer, tell what do rattlesnakes mean to me? Oh, so rattlesnakes periodically appear in my dream. Uh, and uh, in the waking world, you know, they're quite dangerous. So we give them, I give them lots of room if I see them. Um, they mean... Um, and, and I've had other dreams where rattlesnakes and I have visits, we talk. Um, so my, uh, uh, th this one seems in the dream, this one seems, you know, very kind of basic survival. And yet it seems to have some negotiating abilities to make a deal with perhaps to make a deal with the parent owls. Um, it, it feels threatening. I know in this dream, I, I'm uh, so aware it's a long rattlesnake and it's very fat, which mm. says it's eaten well. <laughs> and um, so there's a, a, a mix of uh, kind of an intellectual acknowledgement that this snake has made a deal that the parent owl perhaps has made a deal. And I don't necessarily feel good about that. And yet I kind of get it. And then there's this leeriness and, you know, later in the dream when I feel like oh, I've got to kill it. Uh, I, I don't do that in the waking life. There was a time in my life when I did that. And it's like, no, 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 I, I've made a deal with the, you know, that kind of life form is to try to be present and notice it and respect it. Okay, well, you know, the most striking thing about this dream in my version is how much wildlife com comes into it. I mean, even the wilderness that I refer to is called the Wildcat Hills. I love it. <laughs> and it's like, there's, there's the owls, there's the, there's the golden retriever, there's the snake. I mean, it's all very populated with instinctual energies is the way I would put that. Because mm. whenever uh, wild animals show up in our dream dreams, it so often is talking about instinctual energies that I'm not as familiar with that are more wild and more connected to nature. And then, but then there's this lovely golden retriever in the middle of all of it too. And that makes me think about domesticated instincts. 
So in my version of the dream, there's something about also about sacrifice because I say the mother owl must have made a deal with this rattlesnake to just eat one every once in a while. <laughs> and you think about it and you think, wow, how many babies can she have? You know, <laughs> because I mean, the, the, the rattlesnake needs to live though. He needs to survive and he needs to have um, some type of food. But then, and also the owls are predatory animals as well. So there's, so there's something about what am I, in my version is what am I sacrificing in order for something else to live? Whoa. <gasps> Beautiful. So, so that would be a question I would ask myself if I were the dreamer. Yeah, I'm, I'm where I'm, as we say, I, I'm not uh, speech ripe. Mm. Uh, wow. I, you know, I, I can, uh, I feel the truth of this. What am I, and, and since I'm not speech ripe, maybe you can help me with what you just said again. But I feel like I am sacrificing and making a deal mm. for one for one's for part of my sake right. for another part of my sake <laughs> does that make yeah. sense sure yes. yes wow that you know in it, i just gotta talk for a second that in the dream you know when you uh were wondering about is that young man trying to help me become lucid in the dream mm. uh, you know by his friendly humor that then is uh, it's like in the dream i was judging you know like my my waking self would like what you're making a deal with the snake or the owl and you know sacrifice it's like so i was judging that now I, with your reflection it's like stop judging there is a sacrifice that's going on inside me for a greater purpose and i do kind of get you know touched in my heart about this whoa huh. also because i say to myself that i think about killing the snake yeah in my version of that whenever death is mentioned in a dream or talked about by name then as we know this is the one place where we can say always is it is represented is a representation of extreme psycho spiritual growth and change and everything in the dream is really dark but there's a light that comes from the nest the owlet the owl's nest and that's so everything leads me towards that and that's where i can say oh this is this is the the source of the action this is what's really necessary for me to understand about this dream and here we go again with another word associate pun is whole h-o-l-e anytime it shows up in a dream it's w-h-o-l-e so as i i dictate this dream in the middle of the night like at 2 30 a.m and in the dream dictation it google spelled w-h-o-l-e <laughs> isn't that great and and i and i when i wrote it down i wrote whole w-h-o-l-e and he shows me a whole and so there so yeah. there's something about my wholeness that's related to the understanding of the sacrifice of the baby owls 
Mm. Mm. In order for the snake part of myself to survive. Mm. And they're both they're both necessary. They're both valid. They both need to live, but they both are yeah. animals that need to prey on other animals in order to survive. I would hunch that in the waking world, an owl would eat a baby snake if it could find one. You know, it eats, right. it eats, it eats rodents. So why not? Yeah. Wow. Mm. Again, I feel less judging of that aware of the deal yeah mm. Mm. if this were my dream I, first of all i this is a magnificent dream and it mm. just stems so beautifully from the dreamer i i love that i'm i i go to the wilderness to get close to get messages to meditate mm. uh i this is where all my messages from source come. Mm. I, I realize I do this in waking life too. And, and in the dream, it seems like it's even more profound coming through as a dream. That's how I would take it. Uh, and I, let's see, I love that I see this family in the distance. I wonder, is it my family? Is, is it another family? This this young boy that could be a part of me, a younger version of me. Is it me? Is it mm -hmm. not me? Is it my son? Is it not my son? I I I even feel a little tearing about it. So I'm a bit. Um, it moves me. It touches me. It's it, it's a, it lights up a tender part of me. So I wonder who, what part of this young teen am I feeling this soreness, tenderness, um, biting, tearing, or is it a tear of happiness, joy, of freeing, of love, or maybe all of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I feel a tenderness for him and and then the family that i realize are allies you know and that's so cool because i i you know in the dream the word ally is there and it's like we are allies yeah um i find myself reflecting on what life was like for me when i was you know 15 16 17 and I, I wasn't, uh, I was a very sensitive soul, if I can say that sensitive soul, and didn't feel very at home, uh, you know, with people with, um, uh, I mean, I faked it a lot and did have some fun, yet, uh, I, I felt very um, unique and alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when I think of young teenage, well, young teenage is kind of redundant, but when I think of teenage boys, they're so active and they're just always, you know, there, there's a part of, you know, there, there's a, a part of teenage boys where, yeah, they'll eat a whole lot and then maybe, you know, go to sleep for three or four hours and get up and then play football. So, so there's a, there's a thing about, but they're, but they're very connected with energy. They're very connected with with vitality, and 
and you know when we i mean all of us now i mean i now that i'm in my 60s i <laughs> i think about you know if i had the energy of a 20 you know when i was in my 20s even the the things that that i could accomplish that i can't accomplish now because i just sure just simply don't have the energy so if it were it were me i would think about this being a part of myself that's coming to me to remind me that there's something new that i can embrace that's going to have the same kind of boldness and wow. recklessness as a teenage boy you know because preach it preach it sister i love <laughs> that because yeah. <laughs> they'll yeah. do just about anything that's why that's why their yeah. the insurance rates are so high on their car insurance because they just take all these risks so and that that's what makes me think too about the kite the kite is sort of like taking a risk and i and i and my association as royce the dreamer i say well, you know, we used to go get these 15 cent kites, which were, you know, were broken in like, you know, an hour and a half or whatever, they were gone. And five so minutes. even five minutes, yes, and I remember these kites that you're talking about, I, I used to get them too. And it's, but there was this kind of idea of like hopefulness and it's like, yeah, let's do it again. Even though I, I've had the record has been, it hasn't been that successful, but I'm willing to try again. So there's some part of me that's as imagining that teenage boy in my dream as being that part that's ready to take more risks, to put myself mm -hmm. out there, to just do be a little more reckless. I go, go ahead, Joyce. Well, the 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 uh, often used phrase, you know, go fly a kite, yeah. uh, as as kind of a whimsy uh, and. I, so that's what this is reminding me of that energy of go fly a kite, go be, you know, yeah, go with the wind. Yeah. Ooh. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Yeah. I, Billy's <clears throat> remark about the young, the teen for me, that's when the hormones are just kicking in and there's this new yeah. other kind of exploration that maybe, you know, mm. we need to maybe explore and see where mm. that leads. And, and going back to the kites as well trying to get it to rise lift in the air so let's mm. see what's what's going to what's going to manifest what's going to pop what's going to what's coming it's it's a the energy is super exciting to me uh it feels dangerous slightly dangerous but oh there's a shift too, a mood yeah. shift in the dream where well it's dark and it might be the family might be scary but then i i get nervous maybe the the teen's dangerous i'm in the wilderness after all uh, and then yeah. i correct myself no, i don't think so it'll <laughs> be fine <laughs> so it's it's a nice toss between the freedom of flying the kite and maybe um wisdom uh, years of wisdom you know knowing to when to tell myself that no this is okay i've got this and and mm. let's go explore and have fun and let it rise so uh, that, how that's speaking to me is that my adult self, I think I'm present age in the dream, uh, notices this uh, younger self and, and uh, uh, th th this kind of reactive side, you know, my rattlesnake brain is what I call it sometimes, <laughs> that gets a little fearful. And then I coach myself, wait a second, this young man is cool and he has a fun sense of humor and his family that he's with is cool. They are allies. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and speaking of rat, I want to go back to the rattlesnake brain for a second. So when I do consulting with uh, organizations, even families, wherever, when we talk about uh, response versus reaction, how to be thoughtful and calm, even if I don't feel thoughtful and calm, how to yeah. act. And, and I often call it the rattlesnake brain, you know, the brainstem, the amygdala that is there to protect and, you know, survive. And, uh, and so I have often used that um, analogy of the rattlesnake brain. And I hadn't thought of that until just now that th th there we are again. <laughs> the rattlesnake brain is the fight or flight. Freeze, freeze, flight or fight. Yeah. Strike or flee generally yes yeah. right mm -hmm. doesn't think needs to survive needs yeah. to protect needs yeah, to protect. yes yeah mm -hmm. right mm. I this this is fun <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm drawn to the golden retriever that plays mm. with me mm. and this is sort of a scene shift isn't it? Yeah, out in the middle of nothing, yeah, you know, know, suddenly this nowhere. dog is there and uh, we're having fun. And he's so, she is so friendly, gregarious, uh, you know, warm, loves me. Warm and friendly <laughs> energy that comes into my dream and sort of reinforces mm. that this is a friendly scene, that this is something that's mm. to be, to be enjoyed, to be to be relaxed, not get so critical in the mind, maybe. So I respond with an awareness. Suddenly the golden retriever is like my bridge between the anxieties and some of the fears and the questions and wonders to reminding me that all is well. Yeah, I got it. So if you can see on YouTube, I got goosey bumpies. <laughs> He's showing us his own. Yeah. And our, our dog's also a portal, too, that we can go Say into. more like about the, that. The guard dog of the threshold. The threshold <laughs> guardian. Billy always says. Ooh. Yes, threshold guardian. Yes. Say more That's about that. I that Billy, you go. I learned it from Billy. So go ahead, Billy. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you the little bit I know about it is that dogs carry that archetypal energy of being the threshold guardians. Um, I think of Servius and, and Greek mythology. Here we go again. We were talking about that earlier today. Servius has three heads um, and he, he's, he's the guardian of the uh, entrance to the underworld. So there in the, in the myth of Psyche, she has to find a way to distract Servius so that she can get into the underworld even though she's mortal and she's alive so she brings in these barley cakes that she throws to him so like so anyway that the the idea of of a of dogs have been partners with humans for millennia and partly for that mythological archetypal piece but also the fact that they give us unconditional love and we give them unconditional love so always when i see a domestic dog or cat in a dream i think of that about how how am i invited to love myself unconditionally and how am i invited to to um show that unconditional love and receive and be able to receive it because we can receive it from our pets 
much easier than we can receive it from from anyone else we know. So also the oh. fact that daddy's golden and gold, gold is never, ever, ever taken. For oh, life. that's yay. In I dreams. Yeah. Gold is a big one because gold reminds me of my inner preciousness, my inner resilience, the part of me that never tarnishes, never rusts, and it always maintains its value no matter what shape. So many fairy tales mention, mention gold for that reason, that one of the first, any fairy tale anthology you would buy usually would start with the frog prince. And that's the princess that's sitting by the pond and she's got a golden ball and she's throwing it in the air and throwing it in the air and then plop, it falls into the pond and the frog comes up with the golden ball in his mouth and makes a deal with her about, if you invite me to dinner, I'll give you back my your golden ball. So the whole metaphor- The of, deal, there's the deal. There's the deal. And he's a retriever. And he retrieved it, he retrieved yeah. it, exactly. So yeah. that, but it's the, but that, the golden ball shows up in many different stories and it's Robert Bly would always refer to it as the 360 uh, consciousness that we come into the world with a 360 we're whole we're whole and we're golden when we're born we have you know no prejudice hmm. no 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 uh ill traits or anything we're just precious we come we just came into the world all fresh and new so we come in with the golden 360 degree consciousness and the psyche. Hot, yeah, the psyche. So when we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back that golden ball. So anytime there's anything golden in a dream, a gold car, a gold ring, a gold golden dog, <laughs> gold is not never taken lightly. So I have to think of all those things when I have gold show up in my dream. Wow, wonderful. And again, I'm aware of how this, uh, the, the golden retriever, f again, feels for me in my, if this were my dream, this, br <laughs> <laughs> this bridge, this bridge place that yeah. suddenly reminds me of uh, unconditional love, uh, energy, loving others, loving self. Uh, at that key point in the dream. And, you know, some of what I know that I've been dealing with the last several months and, uh, and, and I see it uh, explode in, in various kinds of anxiety reactions, you know, rattlesnake-ish kind of fear and shame and guilt and overwhelmedness. And the dream also, uh, you know, I feel like this is such a loving dream that uh, is saying all that all I know I'm doing my best and I have all these allies yeah. with me inside me and, and perhaps outside of me. I was just thinking a second ago uh, with some of my closest, closest friends who know some of these um, this list of anxieties and turbulence that I've been experiencing, if they would have heard this dream and it would have been, a, it's like I, I'm projecting onto them, <laughs> but they would also reinforce, you know, what we're talking about is, mm. uh, that, you know, uh, yeah, there is this gold inside that seems to know how to navigate this. And my rattlesnake part 
not the rattlesnake necessarily in the dream because I felt like it had the capability to negotiate, but in it, the rattlesnake part of me that just kind of caves in and gets reactive, it's like, oh, what a nice calming lesson for me mm. to carry. Yeah. Yeah. What a gift. Yeah. This dream stuff is really real. <laughs> and it speaks to all of us. See, and that's the part that's so amazing is that that Vivian and I would not have the projections that we have unless it were our dream too. So there's obviously part, this dream is is symbolically waking up a lot of information for all of us. And so just a couple more things. For me, golden retrievers are just the sweetest dogs in the world. They're They're one of the most popular breeds for that reason you hardly ever hear like, oh, gee, somebody was mauled by a, by a golden retriever. No, you never hear that because they're just so incredibly sweet and kind and, 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 and gentle. They're a very gentle breed. So that would be very positive. Happy. happy. This one they're is happy. happy. Yeah. They're happy. They're playful and they're, and they're very loyal. So there's something really wonderful about all that. And I think the last thing I'll say is that for me, there's a big piece here about paradox too, because I want, I love the little baby owls and I see, oh my mm -hmm. God, they're so beautiful. And they're so incredibly amazing with their fluffy little bodies and their big eyes. Mm -hmm. And then I, I realized that the snake has to eat one every now and then. So there's some kind of paradox there, if it were my dream about mm -hmm. a, something maybe looking not so great like, gee, I don't want the rattlesnake to eat the, eat the owl, owl baby, but I know the rattlesnake needs to live. So there's that par that living with that paradox of survival and how that all plays out in my, in, in however that might appear in my life. Wow. That's a, that's another not yet speech ripe place. I feel it in my chest when I hear you talk about that belly and how uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to set with, I'm going to meditate on this. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're running in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that I, I, I want to reinforce something you said a second ago, Billy. In, this is Royce, the teacher mode again. You know, it's like you all couldn't do this this beautiful projection, unless this were all a part of you. Right. And that's, this is the gift for me uh, in this dream and also in our process, uh, how the projective process is so sacred and beautiful and enlightening. And we all come from our spaces and places and we're also wise with this. So it just reinforces. Thank you so much. Thank you. Beautiful. So beautiful on all levels. Mm. I want to go fly a kite now. Bye. <laughs> well, I'll go do that. <laughs> so and the, this for, for, you know, um, ritual sake uh what we usually say when we when we come to bring a dream to to what we call an arbitrary close is we always give you as the dreamer the the final word so is there anything else you wish to say about this dream that we didn't touch on or any other final comments um it, it, as we were 
all three of us exploring this dream together, I feel like I said a lot of how I am and what I'm receiving. Uh, I, 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 I tend to be very feeling toned. And uh, so I, I just feel fed. Yeah, I feel nourished by what you offered me. I feel so nourished. And and uh, with the tumultuous anxiety things and self-doubt that I've had, mm. it's like, oh, I'm okay. That's the way I'm, I am. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm, I, I feel uh, graced by your uh, reflections. So I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to flow with that. That's great. Mm, thank you. I, 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 and I've learned so much from this dream as well. I'm asking, because I feel that any dream that I become exposed to is also, it always speaks to me and there are always lessons to be learned just mm -hmm. uh, in a broad level. And this one, the big question is, as Billy so artfully expressed is, what am I sacrificing in order for something <sighs> else to live? Yeah. yeah. And that sense of sacrifice, Viviana, I, I, I can appreciate. It's like, I'm willing to sacrifice. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I kind of know that intellectually. I know that spiritually. I'm willing to sacrifice for the greater whole. And I, I just feel so good about that. I feel teary noticing. Yeah. Thank you. And it brings us back to... I just wanted everybody a chance to say final comments and, and say goodbye. Thank you so much, Royce. This dream really did become my dream too. It felt so rich and, and full. And, and I was getting the goosebumps along when you were getting goosebumps. So it, it feels to me like it, you know, it really, it really settles to all of us. And that's what, you know, Dr. Ron used to always say, it's like, you know, that every dream knows when it's going to be shared and with whom. So I, I truly believe that. And, and as I've done this work now for all these years, 25 years, it, it seems as though that's the case. And I don't know how the dreams do that, but somehow they figure out that way to get just the right people in just the right place at just the right time to hear the dream and to share it. So, so thank you again. I, uh, I didn't, I, for the listener, I, I didn't know I was going to share a dream until we all got on air together. And so this was not a, yeah. you know, thoughtful, planned script. This <laughs> was a spontaneous decision that all three of us made. And uh, so whatever that flow is, uh, we flew this kite really Ooh, well. Hi. That's good. That's a good one. Awesome. Well, Royce, uh, if someone would like to work with you, how can one get in touch with you? The soul, the, <laughs> the, the, the running shoe soul and the human soul. Uh, yeah. So I'm a spiritual counselor and dream worker. I've spent many years in, uh, in the formal clinical psychotherapy realm and still am there. And uh, in recent months and years, actually, I've allowed myself to flow with more of the of what I view as our deepest heartfelt values. Mm. How to how to navigate in this life 
in ways that provide richness and beauty and adventure and healing, whether it's in relationships or in our own individual struggles or in the larger global scheme. So uh, you can reach me at roycefitz.com and go through the uh, website and see what speaks to you. And let's speak sometime about all of the, those aspects for you as well. I want to add that you also have a thriving TikTok channel that I love. <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> so you. look up roycefitz.com on TikTok and also on Instagram. I think we all three have Instagram accounts as well. Yeah, yeah. And, Billy? Yeah. And I'll add that Roy says some beautiful nature photographs on his website that it, that will reflect many of the things that we just worked with in the dream. So that's right. And yeah, they're, yeah. So I, I, I I'm going to stop. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I just, it just seems <laughs> to tie in. <laughs> mm -hmm. It does. So Billy, how can one get in touch with you? I can be reached at wakeuptoyourdreams.com. I do private sessions and I also help. Uh, I also have two groups that are run, uh, one two two times a month during the afternoon and two times a month during the evening um i'm also i i'm I, I mentor people to teach them how to work uh become a dream worker and that's through my i call it the rocky mountain institute of projective dream work so uh, you can find more information on my website about that and um that's me so wake up to your dreams.com well thank you listeners for jo joining us today 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 in the future whenever mm -hmm. you tune in my name is viviana and my website is viviana.org v-i-v-i-a-n-a.org this has been the healing dreams project podcast we do have a dreamer hotline and if you would like to share your dream with us, we'd love to dive into it. Please give us a call and leave a message at 720-573-9195. Again, I'll repeat 720-573-9195. And if you're listening to us on Apple or wherever, YouTube, please like, share, subscribe on apple you can give us a five stars if you like we this helps uh, us appear on the feeds a little more uh, more prominently and that helps us out and spread the word until our next meeting we wish you happy dreaming thank you so much thank so much you.